Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., or 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. I pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. May God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. I want to tell you a story this morning about my Aunt Dee Dee. She is not actually my aunt, but my great aunt, the youngest sister of my paternal grandfather. And she is truly great, not merely by title, but but she is great in her own right as well, a fitting member of the greatest generation. A woman of great faith in the Roman Catholic tradition, she started each day with a dawn mass. A phenomenal cook, she started her own restaurant along with her brother named, and I'm not kidding, the Afro-German Tea Room. My first job was waiting tables in that restaurant and 100% of the profits went to inner-city education. She went as an activist for peace in Israel and Palestine, bringing leaders as well as ordinary folks together to, perish the thought, talk to each other as people and not combatants. And her annual Christmas party was always the place to be on Christmas Eve, not only to see and be seen, but because of the truly diverse, interesting, and sometimes bizarre mix of folks from across every spectrum of life who would gather together at one table on that most holy night. It was truly the shepherds and the kings under one roof, bearing witness to the newborn Jesus. But while I was aware of all of these laudable traits and deeds, when I was a boy, she was only Aunt Dee Dee. And what I remember most about her were not all of those things, but a run-of-the-mill incident that happened one day on the drive to school. My parents were out of town and she was taking care of me. And on the way to school that morning, we were chatting about this and that. And she was imparting wisdom and I was soaking it all in. And then, sort of off the cuff, she mentioned a classmate of mine who, unbeknownst to me, was a distant cousin several times removed. And I said without thinking, him? I'm related to him? I hate him. She stopped on the brake, bringing this ocean liner of a station wagon to a halt. She pulled to the side of the road and she turned around slowly with that look on her face, that look that all children know that we reserve with the same kind of dread as the dentist's drill or the doctor's needle. 
she pointed at me and she said, don't hate. Hate is for the devil. And we sat in silence for what seemed like an eternity. And the only response I could muster was a pathetic, uh-huh, as I tried to hold back the tears of disappointment and shame. And then with a smile and the pat on the head, she put the incident behind us, and I knew that all was forgiven. But to this day, whenever I hear the word hate, and where I'm tempted to use the word hate, or confess that I have hate in my heart, I think of my beloved Aunt Didi and her warning that hate is reserved for the ultimate evil. And for that very reason, I must admit this morning that I bristle at Jesus' words in today's gospel. Jesus says, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. These words are so very strange. To hear Jesus, one whom we rightly exalt as the greatest advocate of peace and love and tolerance, use a word like hate, is strange, if not downright unbelievable. He does not use the word very often, and if so, always in the opposite context, warning us against hate and encouraging us not to hate. During the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you. And in that same sermon, Jesus also says, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. So we might justifiably assume that hate is never part of the Christian vocabulary. But there goes Jesus using the H word. Well, you might be asking yourself, what does Jesus mean, preacher man? Is Jesus giving us permission to hate? Does Jesus want us to hate? I don't think so. Hate, regardless of our Lord's usage today, is still an evil state of mind or purpose. And far too often, due to the stress of life and the strain of relationships, we are tempted to descend into hate. And increasingly, in this divided and violent world we live in, we, and while sometimes we are justified to be angry when someone tries to hurt us, far too often we can begin to hate any and all who might only differ or disagree with us. Instead, I believe that Jesus' intention is not the kind of hate that sometimes tempts us in our darkest times. And I'm not trying to explain this away with some kind of rhetorical hocus-pocus. For Jesus is trying to make a very important point. Jesus is offering a stark and severe admonition, and this is something we should take seriously and not ignore or explain away. For Christ is telling us, I believe, that if the various priorities of our life are out of sync or in conflict, that the will of God will show us the way. The way towards righteousness 
the way towards reconciliation, the way towards peace. Using Jesus' parable in today's gospel as a metaphor, the foundation of the tower of our life, if we expect our life to be healthy and strong and supportive and productive, our foundation should be God. Our family, our friends, our community are all beloved and beautiful structures and keystones in that tower. But the foundation of that is always God. Something really cool happened at the early service this morning. As the chalice bearer and I were walking into the service, I noticed that there was a butterfly sitting on his shoulder. And that butterfly sat there for the whole service, for the reading of the gospel, for the collection, for the distribution of the communion, the whole time. And it only flew away as we walked out of the chapel after the service was over. That was one tenacious butterfly. And it reminded me of the tenaciousness of God. For God continually calls us, invites us, encourages us, gives us gifts and talents and companions and friends, all enabling us to walk with God, to work with God, to make our foundation in God. And when we do so, with all of the vigor of Christ's vocabulary this morning, then we will know a peace that passes all understanding and a joy of knowing that we are never alone. Amen.